I thought, if that's what I want to do next summer, maybe I should lead the way by getting back into triathlon this summer with my body that barely feels ready to train. Maybe I should get back out there and show all the women who I'm trying to encourage that it's okay to start where you are, to do it for yourselves, and to shut out that voice in your head that says, what if someone laughs at Welcome to Power Up Your Performance, where we talk about how you can learn to think, feel, perform, and live like a champion. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. For those of you who are listening for the first time, my name is Kim Peek, and it is my mission to get you moving more and to help you think, feel, perform, and live like a champion. Before we get started, I want you to head over to my website at www.crushingmygoals.com slash crush dash next and sign the pledge. I would love it if you would join me in committing to optimism, challenging ourselves, remaining active, seeking adventure, and forming real connections that enrich our lives. You'll get access to a free community of people who have also signed this pledge, and I'll send you some emails and videos to help you make some changes that will help you crush whatever is next in your life, whatever stage you're heading into next, whether that is being an empty nester, being a grandparent, retiring, starting a new phase of your career, whatever's next, we're going to band together and help you crush that next phase. Go into it with confidence. As you are listening today, my girls and I should be in the air on our way home to Kansas City after a quick vacation to Savannah, Georgia. I recorded this one earlier, so I can't even tell you for sure what we did, but the vacation should have included lots of beach time. My oldest two are worn out after spending time in Boston and New York this last week. Right before I recorded this episode, I got a text from my oldest daughter saying she was ready for some beach time. Apparently, a vacation to New York is not all that relaxing. And she says she needs some beach time to recover from her New York vacation. Rough life that girl has, I tell ya. She rented an apartment from a former student from her university, and they had this alumni group for all of the performing arts majors who live in New York. And so anytime somebody is leaving New York for an extended period of time for the summer or they go on a national tour and they need to sublease their apartment, they post it to the group. So she's done this the last two summers and it's given her an opportunity to try out some of the apartments in neighborhoods that a person straight out of college might be able to afford. So it's been good for her in that regard. It also means a lot of riding the subway and walking and crowded streets, which she says isn't relaxing, especially in this heat that we've been having. And now, based on that experience and this latest report from her saying that a New York vacation is not relaxing, I now understand why all the Broadway performers that we follow on social media are always taking beach vacations, getting out into nature, toward the water and the sand so that they can relax. Anyway, on to today's topic, which is all about limiting beliefs. What is a limiting belief? 
limiting beliefs are beliefs that you have that hold you back in some way. They limit your potential, often because you're not even aware that you have a belief that is affecting your behavior in a certain area of your life. Your beliefs direct your behavior. So if you embrace something that you believe to be true, it becomes a reality. This gets tricky though, when you can't really identify why you believe something to be true, or when you blindly follow the advice or wisdom that is passed on to you, maybe from your parents or doctors or from the media. For example, if you believe that once you hit 40, that you will lose all your speed and it will get harder for you to be for you to run, it is extremely likely that you will lose your speed and find it harder to run. If you believe that it is inevitable that women over 50 start to lose muscle mass and gain weight around their midsection, it is likely that you will lose muscle mass and gain weight around your midsection. If you've always been told that rich people are selfish, greedy people, you might not be too enthusiastic about making lots of money, and it could keep you from advancing in your career because subconsciously you don't want the things that people, the people who have influenced you, have taught you that financial success means. So these things that are stuck deep down in our subconscious, things that we have been taught at any point during our lives can really affect how we go after certain things or what holds us back from things that we want. If you got married to your high school sweetheart, maybe at a young age, and that person spent years telling you that you were worthless and that your ideas were stupid, you might not have the confidence to start your own business. So it can work all different ways. It can work super negatively too, you know, with deep, deep emotional wounds. There are so many areas where you can have a limiting belief and you might not even realize you have this bias or that it affects your behavior. Limiting beliefs can be a form of self-sabotage. So if you see that you keep getting stuck in an area of your life, it's worth taking some time to explore the beliefs you have about that area of your life. We are all influenced by what we see and read and by what we are taught by our doctors, our trainers, our parents, our friends, teachers, and anyone else who is in a position to influence our thoughts and behaviors. And assuming that our influencers in our life do have good intention, it's not like anybody is setting out to hurt us. Our minds like shortcuts. It's just what's appealing to us. Just as we develop habits to save us time and limit the choices we need to make on a daily basis, we categorize and classify other lessons and patterns that we experience in our lives too. So you probably don't even have to think about brushing your teeth. It's just something that you automatically do. You wake up in the morning, maybe you go to the bathroom, you brush your teeth, you comb your hair, you stumble downstairs, you let the dogs out, you feed the dogs, you make your coffee. You might do all of those things in a row in the morning out of habit without even thinking about it because our brains like routine because it makes it easier, fewer decisions to make on a regular basis. So our Beliefs can work that way too. If there's a belief that's just been ingrained in our mind, we don't necessarily think to challenge it because it's simple that way. If there's an area of your life that you are not happy with, but you aren't 
trying to change things, you might have a limiting belief related to that area. If this is the case, you can look at why you think whatever it is that you're stuck on could be true. So examine why you think that whatever is true. Using myself as an example, when I was first diagnosed with breast cancer, I read a lot about all the weight that women gained after their treatment was over, especially once they got on the hormone blocker that's purpose is to block estrogen that can lead to recurrence for people who had a hormone-positive breast cancer. So I did a bunch of research, and I learned that it was possible to combat weight gain with diet and exercise. Since I had been exercising for so many years, I had really dialed in my nutrition habits before my diagnosis. I thought I had everything under control. I really believed I wasn't going to have a problem. But then the joint pain kicked in, and my feet hurt, and it made it hard to move. And I didn't have the energy to exercise at the intensity levels that I did before. And the longer I was on that drug, the more weight I gained. And every doctor I complained to about my weight gain just kind of shook their head and looked at me with those sad, pitiful eyes and told me it would be almost impossible to avoid weight gain while I was on that drug. So since I was experiencing symptoms and the doctors were giving me that out and everybody agreed that it was going to be really challenging to avoid weight gain or even to maintain my weight gain, I started to believe that it wasn't something I could fight and that it was inevitable that I gained weight. And I did gain weight. I gained about 25 pounds over the last four years. And when you're only five feet tall, that's a noticeable amount. But here's what I've realized. It might be hard to avoid weight gain while on the hormone-blocking drugs, but it is not impossible. And it's worth doing your best to avoid that weight gain because not because there's anything wrong with a certain body type, but because excess body weight is also a risk factor for breast cancer recurrence. So it's in my best interest to figure out how to avoid gaining weight. So when I really look at how I gained the weight, I think it has more to do with the pain that I was in. Because I was in pain, I wasn't able to do the same types of exercises. Because I wasn't burning as many calories, I gained weight. Because I was gaining weight and I was in pain, I felt like the anti-inflammatory diet that I had followed for so many years wasn't working. And if it wasn't doing its job, why was I following it? I might as well eat whatever I wanted. So I slowly began slipping and sliding away from the food choices that I had made for years. And of course, it became this vicious cycle because that made my pain worse. And it wasn't until my daughter came home from college this summer and asked for help with her nutrition that I started doing what I was having her do. And I got back on my strict anti-inflammatory diet again. And guess what? My foot and ankle pain improved. It's not better, but it's improving. And I started to lose weight. I've lost about 10 pounds now. And my body doesn't hurt as much when I train. And so I'm able to train for a triathlon again. And so all of those layers of all the things that I had let people influence me on have started to strip away. Sometimes the people close to us and the people like our doctors do have our best interests in mind, but the support that they give us really isn't in our best interest. In this case, I need to avoid feeding the limiting belief that all women on hormone blockers gain weight. 
Yes, it might be harder for me to lose weight and it might be harder to live without the pain, but now I know that I have some tools to help with the pain. The anti-inflammatory diet I follow is key to reducing the pain I feel. And when I wake up each morning and do a quick yoga style warm up with some downward facing dogs and a plank to lunge and maybe some inchworms and rotational movements, my body feels so much better. And when I do a warm up, a real warm up, not the fake run warm up that runners like to claim that they do, I'm able to run pain free. And now maybe this seems like a lot of work, but to me it is worth it because it enhances my quality of life and I'm able to do the activities that I love. So let's flip this now and see how we can use this for your own purposes. Do you have an area of your life where you feel stuck or like you are not progressing right now? What are the beliefs that you have surrounding that area of your life? Question those beliefs. Are the beliefs that you hold helpful? Or are they hurting your progress? Is there another belief that would serve you better? And as we discussed in the last episode, when I referenced my friend Wendy from Mojo for Moms, the podcast, try on that new belief. See how it feels. Just like how I realized that diet and exercise really do make a difference. And I chose to buy into that belief and decided to toss out the belief that my doctors had pushed on me. Remember that your beliefs can be good until they hold you back. And the good news is that you can retrain your brain and change your thought patterns. One way you can do this is by using affirmations. Many people who use affirmations write out the affirmation and they repeat it to themselves first thing in the morning when they wake up. Other people write that initial affirmation and then rewrite the exact same words every single morning for months on end. Until that whole belief is internalized. Some people take their affirmations even farther and talk about what the future self that they envision is. And they talk about that future self as if they are in the present tense. And talk about their beliefs and their values and the things that they have and the people that they're surrounded by. And they repeat that on a daily basis. But Your affirmation could be as simple as, I am a person who, fill in the blank with the thing you want to believe or the thing that you believe, and I am worthy worthy of achieving this because, and then write out why. And if you can't convince yourself that it's true, you could start by saying, I am a person who is learning how to, and explain what it is you want to achieve. Or I am a person who is becoming and explain what it is that you want to believe, that you're learning to believe. If these smaller steps help you believe, then it's a great way to transition to changing your beliefs to beliefs that serve you better and serve your current needs. Another thing that can work is to set alarms on your phone, and when that alarm goes off, you repeat the affirmation to yourself again. Just randomly throughout the day or at certain times through the day, you Remind yourself of this new critical belief that you are trying to own, that you're trying to make your own. Some people tie their affirmation to a habit, and every time you say, maybe you brush your teeth, you repeat the affirmation. Brendan Burchard, 
uses something he calls a doorway doorway affirmation. And every time he walks through a doorway, he has certain words that he repeats to himself. Another strategy, when you discover a limiting belief, try to identify how you feel about the situation. What's the emotion that you've attached to it? Are you anxious? Do you feel scared? Are you happy? And then what meaning do you associate with that emotion? Remember that your beliefs and thoughts can be changed. Your thoughts direct your feelings, which tie directly to your behavior or actions. So like we discussed in the previous episode, look at the belief you have. Ask yourself what purpose it is. Is it protecting you from pain, hurt, embarrassment, or humiliation? Is it something you believe just because you never thought to question it? What would happen if you tried on a new belief? How would you change that behavior? Okay, I'm going to run through a few more quick tips before we close out this show. Surround yourself with people who believe in you and who do not validate your limiting beliefs. If you think you are too old to work out, find examples of people who work out as they get older. Spend time with people who encourage you to exercise and who reinforce the belief that exercise has many benefits for people of all ages. If you think you're too old to change careers, do a Google search of people who have made career changes or started businesses late in life. Surround yourself with people who believe in you and your abilities. If you have a weakness that is a valid weakness, research ways to eliminate the weakness or reduce its effects. Get more education, gather resources, and support and build your confidence in the area where you doubt yourself. Rather than focusing on what you can't do, flip it. Focus on what you can do. And finally, anytime you tell yourself that something is impossible or you doubt your abilities or you feel stuck, take that as a cue to question your thought patterns, to explore why you have that belief, and consider whether or not this belief is holding you back from your full potential. This weekend, I am going to do my first triathlon in three years. The last time I did a triathlon, it was a half iron distance, which is a 1.2 mile swim, a 56 mile bike ride, and then a 13.1 mile run. That race three years ago was my celebration for being one year cancer free. And after the bike, I had horrible cramping. I sat down on the ground to change my shoes out of my cycling shoes and into my running shoes. My entire body cramped up. Every time I stood, I fell back to the ground because my leg muscles would not do anything other than contract into balls. I finally was able to force myself up without my abs contracting and pulling me back down into a little ball on the ground. And I still had a half marathon to run when I got up off the ground. It was the most miserable half marathon of my life. And when I was just a few steps away from the finish line, I collapsed again because my body had been cramping the entire race. A friend rushed over to help to try to help me stand up so I could cross the finish line. And I I pushed him away and I insisted on finishing under my own power. I wanted to be able to say that I finished that race and I finished it without any help. So I crossed the finish line, and I know that that medal is the medal of every race that 
the finish that I have worked the hardest for. I finished that race dead last. And I know a lot of you have a fear of being the last finisher. And I've talked to some of you who have a fear of walking the run portion of the triathlon. You know what? I walked the majority of that half marathon that day. And I finished dead last. And other than that, I was in a lot of pain. And finishing last. And I walked parts. And even with all of that, it wasn't so bad to be the last finisher and to walk parts. Of course, it's taken me three years to come to the conclusion that it wasn't that bad. And this is why I decided to do a triathlon this year before I actually think I'm ready. Because we shouldn't let fear stop us. We shouldn't avoid doing things we love because we are afraid that people will talk about us or because we are embarrassed to finish last, or because we don't want to be the one walking across the finish line. And I got to thinking, how cool would it be if we could get a whole bunch of women to try triathlon next summer? A whole bunch of women who are doing it because it's fun, who are doing it because of the great community of people that they will meet and train with, a bunch of women who aren't afraid to finish last, who don't care how fast they are, just who only want to go out and have fun. And then I thought, if that's what I want to do next summer, maybe I should lead the way by getting back into triathlon this summer with my body that barely feels ready to train, the same body that has started back on that anti-inflammatory diet that I told you about, and the daily warm-ups and the strength sessions and the foam rolling. Maybe I should get back out there and show all the women who I'm trying to encourage That it's okay to start where you are, to do it for yourselves, and to shut out that voice in your head that says, what if someone laughs at me? Talk about tackling a bunch of limiting beliefs all at once. If I can do it, you can do. I'll tell you all about the race next week. And for now, enjoy your weekend. Get out there and challenge yourself. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. I'm Coach Kim Peek of Power of Run, and you can find me at www.crushingmygoals.com or on all social media as at sign power of run. If you liked this episode, be sure to give the podcast some love over on iTunes and remember to subscribe. As a new podcast, your reviews and stars and subscribes will help me grow the audience so that I can share my love of health and fitness and bring more experts to the show. Power up your week, and I will catch you next Tuesday.